raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. My name is Nigel. Filling in for Jason Hammer is one Mr. Jerry Lopez. Now, Jerry, I'll let you introduce our next guest, seeing as how you're the one that booked him. Pretty good get, man. I'm impressed. Hey, I appreciate it. We have the former Attorney General for the state of Indiana, and he is running for governor of our great state in the Republican Party. This is Curtis Hill. Hey, fellas. It's great to be here. Hey, how's it going today, Curtis? It's doing well. It's going very, very well. Now, I do have to say that we're fighting this snowstorm. It's not a snowstorm, but it's the first snow of the year, uh, which is always kind of a downer. But other than that, we're doing great. Where are you right now? Are you campaigning? I'm. Uh, I'm campaigning. I'm in. Uh, I'm actually in St. Joe County. So I'm uh, relatively close to home. Tell me how the campaign is going. First of all, there should be no snow should be. That's your first duty as governor if you're elected is to outlaw snow on Halloween because it's happened before and it sucks. Well, done, especially when I still have leaves to pick up. Uh, (laughs) Um, Tell me about the campaign. I mean, look, we're a year away and um, you're already on the trail. Tell me how it's going and, and what to expect. Well, we're on the trail, all right. We've got thousands of miles under our belt. We've been traveling all over the state, up and down, tip to stern, and uh, we're getting great reception. Our campaign is a grassroots original. We're meeting with individuals on a, on a regular basis in these small communities, and uh, the reception is great. They're excited about having a uh, genuine conservative uh, on board in the race. Uh, we've had great conversations, so I'm looking forward to uh, uh, continuing the effort and moving on. Hey, so I've seen you all over social media, traveling the state, all over the place. I think one of the things that I really, really like about you is you're up for individual liberty and individual responsibility, unlike uh, our great Governor Holcomb, who wanted to do the mask mandates and all these other the, all these other infringements. You know, I think that's something that sets you aside or sets you apart from some of the other candidates. What are some other things that we can expect from you uh, to deliver more back of our individual liberties? Well, I think that's exactly what sets me apart. Uh, You've got to look at a person who's running for office and say, well, how do we know what they're going to do moving forward? And the best way to know about how they're going to respond moving forward is what they've done in the past. And so we've got a wide field of candidates in the office, good people all, but we've got some folks that have never served in an elective capacity. So it's very difficult to be able to say what that person has done. To your point, uh, we are all about individual freedom. Uh, we're de- about defending liberty, and the way that we do that is we talk about the record. We talk about my record as a prosecutor, uh, holding people accountable for their offenses. We talk about my record as, a, as attorney general, defending freedom and standing up against uh, sometimes our own governor, standing up against the party, um, and, uh, and and not always standing up against, but also being for uh, the avenues of freedom that we go forward on. So we've been talking to that to to many people about that, and it's been very successful thus far. You know, I don't know who I'm voting for yet. Um... And I usually don't tell my audience who I'm voting for. I want to like endorse anybody. I kind of tell you who I'm not voting for is anybody associated with the Holcomb office or anybody that he endorses. And you mentioned um, when you were an AG in 2020, you had to do some battling with Eric Holcomb. Could you just take me back to 2020? Eric Holcomb wanted to put you in jail, not you, but his constituents in jail for not wearing a mask. And you stepped in and said, uh-uh. can you just kind of take me back through the mechanics of all that happened back then? Well, yeah, well, you know, about four months after the, uh, the the pandemic hit home hard with the, the, the local shutdowns, 
um, uh, Governor Holcomb had a press release in which he uh, uh, indicated that he was going to mandate the wearing of masks to Hoosiers. And, um, and, and for violation of that, it was going to be a Class B misdemeanor if you broke the law. Now, uh, we got a hold of that information that same afternoon, and I had a conversation with a couple of state senators who asked the question, is that constitutional? And that very evening, we issued an opinion, an official AG's opinion, that declared that it was not constitutional, that it was not within the the, uh, order framework of the governor's emergency powers to unilaterally issue uh, that type of mandate, and that if he wanted to do so, he should call a special session of the General Assembly and let them do their job and to, uh, to legislate. So uh, we put a stop to that. And that next day, uh, that stopped the talk of a mandate and a criminal violation. So um, yeah. that was a, a clear example of, of what we were willing to do uh, in the heat of the moment. And we had other issues of a, of a similar nature uh, involving uh, uh, churches, involving guns, yep. um, it was a nightmare situation um, that uh, fortunately is over with, but Hoosiers really have to learn a lesson that it's imperative that we have leadership uh, that understands the distinctions between uh, freedom and tyranny. So, Curtis, we're, we're here. We're in the largest city in the state uh, that has its own its own problems, whether it's fentanyl, whether it's crime, whether it's underemployment, whether it's police, whether it's a number of things that Indianapolis has that are different than the rest of the state. How would you go about tackling some of those some of those issues to help here uh, to help voters, whether they're whether they're Democrats or, or Republicans? Because ultimately, uh, if you win, you're going to be the governor for everybody in this state. Uh, so, so what will you what will you do to to, to kind of help Indianapolis or to kind of get it right, on the right track? Well, we have to take we, we have to take charge. You know, certainly Indianapolis has its own structure. It's a municipality. It has a, its own leadership. But I'll give you an example. Uh, when we had the, the George Floyd incident a few years ago, and uh, uh, jurisdictions were were uh, under protest and and, and the whatnot, uh, we had folks, including your mayor of Indianapolis and the governor of the state of Indiana, standing by watching Indianapolis burn mm-hmm. because they used uh, a peaceful constitutional protest with lawlessness. And uh, that's, a, that's an indication of, of, of when we have to step in and take action. Uh, Indianapolis uh, was a fantastic town just a few years ago, and we've seen it deteriorate uh, tremendously, and that's impacting our economy. It's impacting uh, the, the, uh, the, the convention traffic. And we need to step in and deal with the situation of homelessness. We need to deal with the crime situation. Um, we need to be forceful and accountable, holding criminals accountable for their behavior. We need to put pressure on those who are uh, responsible for keeping, uh, uh, for keeping us safe. Um, uh, our police do a fantastic job, uh, but there's some questions in terms of, of the direction that the prosecuting attorney's office in Marion County is going. Yep. And we need to have some serious conversations with the voters in terms of making sure that we have the right people in charge of that apparatus. All of those things are a matter of leadership, and those are, those are leadership points that I plan to offer. Uh, former Attorney General Curtis Hill uh, running for governor of the great state of Indiana. Um, take us back to the individual freedoms and liberties aspect of your campaign, because I was really I, I mean, I, like I, I was impressed when you released a statement about vaccine mandates. There was it felt like like a few weeks there in the summer where covid was coming back. People were talking about this new vaccine, the new boosters, whether or not college campuses could mandate such vaccines. We had a couple of, um, um, you know, sporadic hospitals throughout the country that that were mandating and you issued a statement talking about such mandates uh early on in your campaign what did what did that say 
Well, you know, what happens is when 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 loss of freedom gets a hold of someone, uh, it, it has a tendency to grow. And so when we when we saw a society in the state of Indiana that was susceptible uh, to mandates and forcing people to do things, uh, people get a taste for that. And uh, uh, we have to get to a point where we recognize that. Uh, you can't fix everything with a mandate. You can't make people do things. The vaccine uh, should be a choice and an option that people uh, have. I, I'm, I'm not telling people not to get a vaccine. What I'm saying is that government is not going to require you to get a vaccine, particularly a vaccine that has as low of efficacy, efficacy yeah. as has proven to be. Um, the idea that, that there are some states out there that are requiring children um, to get vaccinations uh, as, as a mandatory policy is ridiculous, and we don't want to see that in Indiana. Uh, the reality is that we've not seen any healthy children, children without comorbidities um, uh, that have died as a result of the pandemic. So you're actually providing them with a vaccine that has a higher risk to those children than actually getting the disease. These are facts that are occurring, and we need to be cognizant of our facts and not uh, not have a society, a local community, that is responding in panic. And that's what's happening. The left is driving this panic and forcing everyone indoors and with masks and vaccinations. And it's a false sense of security. Uh, we need to be uh, uh, proudly free to choose if we wear a mask, choose if we want to be vaccinated, choose uh, the things in our lives uh, uh, that, that make a difference for us and not be mandated by the government. That's what we stand for. You know, I think it's very important to, to your point. It's very, very rare that the government takes rights away and then decides to give yeah. them back. Right. That that just doesn't happen. Um, so I think it's very important, whether it's people like you, people in the community, you know, but but it really takes a, a voice as, as big as yours to kind of, you know, be in the front and say, you know, whether you agree with it or whether you don't, we do have rights in this country and rights are for everybody, even if you don't agree with the mask mandate, even if you do. If you agree with vaccines or you don't, you have a right to make those decisions in your life. So I'm very thankful to have somebody like you up front uh, and, be, and be that voice kind of for everybody else um, because it's a very uh, uncomfortable situation for a lot of people to even speak about. Well, it's, and it's important to speak about this. There's all sorts of issues. I mean, we're seeing in this country now, we're seeing the weaponization of justice. We're seeing the weaponization of race. We have the sexualization of our children. And people are standing on the, on the sidelines with their mouths closed because they're worried about being canceled or they're worried about being yep, criticized. Exactly. They're worried about being accused of being a bigot or a racist. And we have to put a stop to that. We have to stand up and speak loudly and boldly in support of freedom and making sure that we preserve our justice system, that it's not a two-tiered system, uh, the thems against the us's. And we have to make sure that the race issue uh, doesn't get uh, exploited by the left uh, for for. Uh, for their own purposes, and, and make sure that if we see something crazy uh, from, a, from a race standpoint or a sexualization standpoint, we say something about it and put a stop to it so that we can preserve our interests. Curtis Hill running for uh, governor of Indiana in 2024. Where can people find out more about your campaign? They can find us at CurtisHill.com. Uh, that's, a, that's an easy one. And then that will uh, load us up to Twitter and all those nine yards. But we, we try to put uh, information on what, what we're doing on a regular basis. So CurtisHill.com, and we'd be happy to sign up grassroots supports. We are a grassroots operation. We don't have that big million-dollar uh, mm-hmm. uh existence like some of the folks in our race. So we're going after folks uh, 10 bucks at a time, 25 bucks at a time, and we're grateful for every ounce that we get. Curtis, thank you so much. Best of luck. Thanks, guys. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. 
Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.